I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It's a great day to talk about birth, isn't it? I mean, every day is a great day to talk about birth, but just want to thank you for being here and listening into the Doing It At Home podcast to get your birth story fix here. We appreciate you so much, whether you are a mama preparing for birth, maybe preconception even, which we love, 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 love to hear when families are exploring their options even beforehand. I mean, think about the research we do to buy a car or anything else, sometimes even way less than that. Like I've definitely read a lot of reviews on some small purchase items. And yet for our birth experience, sometimes, you know, there's just the assumption and expectation that you just roll a certain way because whatever, because that's how your family did it, your parents or siblings or extended family, or that's what you see in society and culture. But to take that time consciously to think about your birth options even before becoming pregnant, I just think we think is the dopest thing ever. So we love that. Maybe you are a birth worker and you're listening you know, to share episodes with your clients or those who you support. We love that. We think that's awesome. So everyone is welcome to the party, right? Everyone is welcome to this space and to this dialogue. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you want to connect with us more, you can do so on social media. D-I-A-H podcast is our handle on Instagram. We have a Facebook page as well as a private Facebook group for the community. So you can check that out. Uh, do it at home on Facebook. And then, like I said, you can check out the group, which links to are in every single episode's show notes. So whatever podcast player you are listening with, there should be a description of this episode. And then within that, our are the links for anything that we mention in the episode and then ways to get in touch. So there's that. That also includes the Doing It At Home shop where your purchases support the show, keep it live, keep it hosted, and then give us the opportunity to create more amazing content for you, do some other cool things that we want to be doing as we expand this, this brand and this experience You know that is doing it at home, that is empowering families and birthing humans to have the most magical birth experience possible. So that's what we're all about here. Today, said we're talking birth, so we have a birth story for you. We are chatting with Sarah Radcliffe. Sarah, a fellow Sarah friend of mine with an H, so that right there has us kindred spirit. (laughs) And I'm really excited to share her story with you. So Sarah is the mother of four, two of whom are, as she refers to, her belly babies, whom she has birthed. And first birth was in a hospital, and second was a home birth. So we talk a little bit about that, what inspired Sarah to move into a home birth, and to also switch care models, so to actually make the decision to have a home birth, 
at 30 weeks. So that's really amazing and inspiring. You know, when we talk about how that's a thing that comes up often in the birth community, at what point is it too late to make a switch in your care model? Even if it's not locations, maybe it's just providers, but that you have that ability. So we talk about that. And then Sarah walks us through the labor and birth experience and 10 minutes of pushing. So that's just what I'm going to share with you right now. 10 minutes of pushing in a beautiful, magical water birth. And one thing that I love, Sarah mentions this towards the end of our conversation, you know, that she just felt educated and empowered in what she was doing and how that and the mindset piece made all the difference for her moving into this, you know, very different kind of birthing experience for her second birth. So thank you to Sarah for sharing her, her story and her energy with us. Quick word from our sponsor, and then we will hear Sarah's story. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm so good, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me on and good morning. Yes. Good morning to you too. I, first of all, this is going to be great because it's, we were just talking before we hit record, a fellow Sarah with an H. So right on. Absolutely. And Sarah M. And we have a lot of actual like synchronicities and similarities uh, in our just family lives and story. So I think that's, that's beautiful. And I'm just really grateful to you for coming here and being in this space and in the community to share. So thank you to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. Yes. So kick us off with just sharing a little bit about you and your family. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Sarah, of course, as you mentioned, I am currently living in Washington State with my family. I'm married. I have a husband who is in the Army and gets to fly Apache helicopters and do the really fun stuff. And I have four children. So from my oldest, nine years old, is Evandrew. I have a seven-year-old daughter, Kiara. I have a two-year-old daughter, Aurora, and then my my nine-month-old, Liam, whom we will be talking about today. And I currently am starting a new job actually today um, in the mortgage industry. So I'm really looking forward to that um, here as we just moved here at the end of August. So lots of new beginnings and exciting stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, yeah. I was having a conversation with a friend recently just in the experience of birth and how we as women birth many things, right? You know, we birth babies, yeah. we birth ideas. And so to be in a, a new phase of you and to be sharing that today as you embark on a new journey, all of that, I just, I just love that. I love all that stuff. Like those synchronicities or those little universal sign things. I'm all about that. So yes. I just, you know, we're talking about birth of many things here. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. Absolutely. And and this year has truly felt like that for me. It's just so many transitions in life. And so yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's truly how it feels for me too. Yeah. So four, four babies, four children, two <laughs> of them birth belly, uh, belly babies, yeah. as you call I love it, belly babies. Yeah. And so what had you inspired and moved to the home birth route for your second birth um, because your first birth was in a hospital, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So walk us through that a little bit of why and how home birth kind of came into your awareness. Absolutely. So um, it's not been handed down by any means throughout my family, um, I can say, because there's nobody in my family that I know that's um, even really cared to go the full you know, unmedicated route at all. Uh, it's just something that I always, I, I guess, inherently felt that needed to be just me and my body and my baby in a very private experience. I never felt 
that I wanted to have all of this going into my body and forcing me to kind of stay in one place while giving birth. It just never seemed appealing. But then I have a very close friend of mine um, who has five children, actually, and I and I believe um, she birthed three of them at home. And so having heard and um, her birth stories throughout the years of her giving birth at home and just what a beautiful, peaceful, magical experience it was and how there was just nothing like it, um, it really connected with me. And so when it came closer to when my husband and I were planning to have um, some children, the two of us, um, I immediately started looking actually on YouTube and just looking for different resources of um, being able to educate myself on what is this going to look like for me? How am I going to get through this mentally, uh, this pain, you know, and and get through it? And I didn't know how my body is. We, none of us do. We didn't know how... Um, I was going to react or how my body was going to do. Um, so you're a little bit nervous in that aspect too, but I honestly watched a lot of YouTube videos of natural home births and I don't know why, but that was just the one that I leaned towards was the home birth specifically. Um, but I watched natural, um, or unmedicated, I should say, uh, births also in the hospital or birth centers as well. And I just really, um, sought out, positive birth stories overall. But when I watched these women giving birth with no medication and just how peaceful they looked and how, you know, relieved and happy and just comfortable and supported, I just fell in love. I, I was like, if, if all these women can do it and be so happy about their decision, why can't I? I can do it. I'm strong enough. You know, we are all, all strong enough. Um, but that's, that's really, I guess, how my, my path started. And then when I had my first daughter, my husband and I at that time, and, and he, my husband, Keith has been extremely supportive through both of our pregnancies together about no matter what I wanted to do, as far as how I wanted to birth our babies. Um, if I wanted to do it at home or in a birth center, if I wanted to do it with no medication, he's just been cheering me on no matter what I decide. And, you know, just telling me you can do it, but without the, you should do it or have to do it. Cause that becomes a little bit um, but always was just very supportive. Um, and then we had our first daughter together. Uh, we ended up deciding on the hospital. So, of course, um, my experience there wasn't everything I wanted it to be. Let's just say that because there was just ends up being a few people that kind of really create a negative environment for you, I guess. Um I had people, doctors and nurses and people that you really would expect to just be fully supportive of you in, in this time, this beautiful, amazing time in your life and that you're deciding and, and vocalizing that I want to do it natural. I'm going to do it with no medication. Like, I don't want to talk about Pitocin. I don't want to talk about epidurals. And I understand that emergencies do happen and you have to be mentally aware and prepared for those things. But unless it's an emergency, it's childbirth and it's natural. So anyhow, to cut the story down, I suppose, um, when I ended up having my daughter, they my water had broken first and they kept saying, well, we really need to get this going, really need to get this going. And I kept kind of telling them, hold off, I want to give it some more time. But only six hours into my having my water broken, my contractions weren't strong enough for them. So they decided that they really wanted to press Pitocin on us and being my first baby, I didn't know. Like I, I thought, well, is this, and I had read about it, but then when you're in the moment, you just kind of get stuck to, um, so when they kept saying, we need to really start Pitocin, we really need to start Pitocin. I said, well, I don't want to hurt my baby, you know? So, okay, well, let's go ahead and get it started. Um, but I'm still not going to go with any pain medication, you know, you know, like, mm making comments like, well, you don't know because it's just your first baby. You don't know how painful it is and don't rule it out. And I'm like, that's the kind of comments that I just don't need to be hearing right now. I'm in labor. I'm committed to this way of giving birth. I have been committed since before I even got pregnant. And here you guys are just making these negative comments. So the Pitocin, of course, um, really creates a stressful environment for your body to be going through what it's already going through. And now that I've been through both, I can truly say, what the heck, guys? Lay off the <laughs> Um, Oh, my gosh. So it just 
forces for for my for, sorry excuse me for me at least it forced my body to end up having these super long hard contractions yeah. that it wasn't needing to have and my body was well on its way with the you know active labor at whatever point because that you know you're not really focused on the clock obviously um at a whatever point um my body was good to go it didn't need any more pitocin but they just kept it going so my husband actually had to say hey turn this stuff off. She's been having a contraction for like almost an hour straight. So with that, I ended up still delivering her, um, with no pain medication, which was fantastic. And I was happy with myself for that, but a lot of complications could have happened. Um, so therefore when we came around to this second birth, um, I went through actually up to 30 weeks in with the, um, army, Army Evans Hospital in Colorado Springs uh, with my midwife there, who was very supportive, actually, through my first birth and my second. Um, But the problem is, is that you don't have any guarantees that they're going to be the person there with you when the time comes. And she would have been somebody who I I would have trusted to just let my body do its own work. Um, But that doesn't happen. So you end up with somebody entirely different, usually. Um, Yeah. So then at... 30 weeks. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, I really don't want to, I just started getting nervous because I was like, well, who am I going to get this time? Are they going to, I love my husband got to catch our daughter in the hospital. Even that was Mm -hmm. really hard to get, get them to let us do that. Like it's pretty, it's very natural in the home birth environment and even, you know, birth centers and such as, you know, but not so common for liability purposes in the hospital. But that's such a magical moment that I didn't want to be taken from us. So I was really adamant and luckily achieved it. But then doing it at home that, you know, that's what I truly ended up leaning towards in the end, because um, with the military, they actually wouldn't cover me to go to a birth center um, to have the baby, which is what I asked initially at around 30 week mark. Um, but what I did find out was they'd cover a home birth. They said, we won't cover a, a birth center, but we'll cover a home birth. Oh. And just for any other listeners out there that might have military insurance, TRICARE, I had TRICARE Prime. They said, we won't cover a birth center, but we'll cover a home birth. So I said, okay, then I'm doing it at home. It was that simple. Wow. It didn't even, didn't even flinch. Didn't even blink. And I told my husband, okay, we're having the baby at home. He's like, okay, we're good to go. Didn't he, he didn't even care. He was good to go. He was happy. I was happy. I was content from the moment I said it. So, and then I ended up finding, of course, my uh, midwifery practice that I ended up going through, which was Mountain Miracles Midwifery in Colorado Springs. And they were heaven sent and so accepting. And um, it was, it was perfect from there. Ooh, that's, that's inspiring. So 30 weeks, you know, a big question that comes up a lot in in the birth community in general, it doesn't necessarily have to be from going from a hospital to home, which is an option for many, if that's, you know, what aligns with you and, you know, your, your risk factors and everything, there's that. But then even to just switch care providers at all at certain, you know, what if you just wanted to switch doctors and still be in the hospital or go from Mm -hmm. hospital to birthing center or birthing center to home, you know, Mm -hmm. that you, you have that, you know, it comes up a lot, you know, when, when it's too late to switch and, you know, the, the funny comment that I'll see if it's on a thread or somewhere online is once Mm -hmm. you're in labor, basically, or once (laughs) baby's here, that's when it's too late, but that you have that power, you have that ability to, to question, to explore, to research, and to have the conversations to ensure that you feel your best going into this process and experience. So kudos and, you know, big snaps to you for, for that. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, you just feel that it's right when it's right. And like with the idea of me going to the hospital the second time, it just wasn't feeling right. It wasn't settling well. So I had to listen to my intuition, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So 30 weeks and now moving the home birth process. Were there any anything that you had to change big as far as either your mindset or the plans? You know, was it kind of easy to just switch over? What was that like? So, of course, I then had to switch into the mode of doing tons of research about how do I make sure I have the environment that I want to have and what environment do I want to have now that I have full control. And so it was really just switching modes into that. And um, but of course, the the midwives, uh, as you know, supply you with all the information of, you know, what supplies to have and and things like that. So honestly, it just 
excitement and, and planning. Um, but I was already near the end stages of the planning for the baby anyway. So it really just fit right in. Mm, great. It was, it was Beautiful. amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about birthing time. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will dive right in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. So we're in the mode. We are on the path to home birth. Tell me a little bit about the end of your pregnancy and, you know, the preparation. Absolutely. So my pregnancies, both of them were, um, I guess I'm very fortunate that I have very good pregnancies. I'm not getting sick and things like this. I did have a little bit of, um, an issue with a subcryonic hemorrhage. And I don't know if I'm saying that exactly correctly. So sorry, anybody that I am mispronouncing, um, but <laughs> subcryonic hemorrhage towards the beginning of my pregnancy with my son, which I didn't experience anything like that with my daughter, which just causes you, I say just lightly because when it's happening, you're not, you're just freaking out. Lots of blood. Um, oh, so really? I, yeah, yeah. Lots of blood. Like I really thought I, I had lost him at one point when going to the hospital and, you know, stress and different factors were really enhancing that from, you know, my uh, work and things at the time. So um, I ended up getting through that though. It self heals typically either. Sorry, this sounds really bad, but my midwife at the time said, you either have a miscarriage or you don't. Your body just will continue going forward either way. And so it either heals itself or it doesn't. So it healed itself. So otherwise my pregnancy ended up being very good and nice and smooth. So when I switched over at 30 weeks, really everything had been done through the um, Army Evans Hospital with uh, my midwife there. Um, so all the testing, all everything. Um, so it was really just a matter of a couple of office visits and then a couple of home visits, which are fantastic. And absolutely loved having that personal experience and having them there in our home. And um, with my daughter, I had had my membrane stripped. And I know that can be a bit controversial, especially in kind of the home birth world, should you or shouldn't you kind of a thing. But for me, I did, I did it with my daughter and it actually worked. So they stripped my membranes at 39 and 2, I want to say. It was like my last appointment before I had the baby. Um, and ended up having her the next morning. Um, so I really went into labor that after, or my water broke that afternoon and then progressed on to having the baby. And so with this one, uh, with Liam, my last appointment was at 39 and I want to say four. So it was on a Tuesday. I went in for my, um, last appointment and everything was looking good you know, head down, he's ready to go. He's feeling good. I'm healthy. I've been, you know, eating very healthy and working out, uh, as much as I can. And, um, I just say, Hey, do you usually strip membranes? And they of course say, well, we don't do that unless you request it, or there's a need for it. Like you're really well past due. And I said, well, it worked for my daughter. And of course you're extremely uncomfortable at this point. So <laughs> everybody's ready to have the baby kind of a thing. Um, but I said, well, let's just try it. If it doesn't work, no problem. My body's not ready. Cause they always say, if your body's not ready, it's not going to do anything anyways. Right. right. So I say, let's just try it. So we did. And before I even left there, I started having cramps, which can be something and it can be nothing. Um, but I start having cramps. I'm just letting it be, not paying too much mind to it. A little bit of spotting, um, 
things like that. And it kind of turns into some more consistent type contractions throughout the day. And I go for some long walks and I'm like, yeah, let's get this going. Um, I go for those long walks and everything. And, um, it does progress, but then when I pick my two-year-old up from daycare later that day, um, and I'm having to focus on her and making dinner and doing all the other things, my contractions went away. So that actually happened that day, and then anytime I'd really relax, they'd start picking back up. Like, my body wanted to do this, but it just needed to be, like, focused only on that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So that kind of continued for that whole day, throughout that night a bit. And then the next day as well, and I kept doing the same stuff, going for walks. I was um, burning some oils, like clary sage and different things like that to see if it would help to kick it into gear. Um, But then that first night and then the second night leading into Thursday, which is when he was born, Thursday, May 30th, um, that night uh, we you know, went to bed and we're relaxing and that's usually what happens. Um, (laughs) and my daughter, the two year old, uh, sleeps in our bed with us. So that's lovely right there. But so she's in the bed with us, my husband's here and me, and luckily we have a big bed. So that works. Um, and I start having the contractions, um, thinking, is this going to be the real deal or is they just going to come and go? I just let that go on. You know, they're just the light ones for a bed. And then I kind of progressively start picking up, which is awesome. I'm just getting excited. And of course, it's so hard to sleep. And you know, everybody says, just rest, get the rest, get the rest. (laughs) But you're so excited. So Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of wide awake, just like paying attention to my body. Everybody else is snoring around me. Um, And so it's about a little bit, I'd say after midnight, when I felt that they were getting to the point where I sometimes needed to breathe a little bit harder through them. So I just didn't want to wake anybody up with that. And I, um, having been my first home birth and only home birth, I guess, um, I didn't know what to expect being my second two. So I, I was kind of tracking with a, the contraction tracker, um, to see where I was and how close and how long they were. So I go downstairs, just lay on my couch. Um, I, I told my husband, I'm going to go downstairs and just relax. Um, I think this is the real deal. Um, but I'll let you know if I need you to wake up kind of a thing. Cause otherwise just sleep. Cause why not? You're just letting your body work. Right. right. So I go downstairs, I have, um, my phone and I just, I'm tracking my contractions and I put, you know, Pandora on Nord Jones station is what I chose to listen to. I had researched and looked for all kinds of different what's the best station to give birth to and who knows you know um That's but it just ended, it's so funny and then I ended up doing just Nora Jones station anyhow but it, it was perfect really so I'm listening to music just contracting on the couch kind of like have pillows propped up around me I am so comfortable and when I contract I'm, I'm breathing a little bit through them but you know they're slowly progressing so that goes on until about 5 a.m. And during that time, you know, it's early labor, so it's all very bearable. You you can get through it pretty easily, really. Then um, about five o'clock or so, I think my phone started to die. Um, And I didn't want my music to turn off. I I just really wanted my music. And then I also was getting really thirsty. And I needed a hair tie. (laughs) All the little things, right? A lot of needs, yes. (laughs) You're like, wait, I'm getting needy, so let's let's get the husband. So right. then I I ended up calling him because I'm like, I'm not gonna go upstairs right now. So I I call him, hey, can you come down? It's time I need your help. So sure thing, he comes down. I say, okay, they're getting a little bit more intense. Um, so he's just kind of awake, you know. And we have the pool and everything, the birth pool there, um, ready to go and. In my mind, I'm like, when do you fill it up? Like, how do you know? Because you can be at a nine and be stuck there for 18 hours. You can be at a three and then be done in 30 minutes, you know. So you don't know. Um, so I just say, can I get some water, a phone charger, things like that. So he helped set me up, get me comfortable again, um, which was great. And then about maybe about six or so, they were getting pretty intense. Um, pretty intense. So... I said to my husband, I think now's the time to start filling up the birth pool and blowing it up. And, you know, it's such a process. So he mm-hmm. starts that process. And then I'm, I'm 
they feel pretty intense. So I just say, Hey, maybe, and I had texted actually my midwife, just a picture of my contraction tracker, just to show her where I was at. And I also didn't want to wake her up yet <laughs> in case, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. So I just said, here's where I'm at, just FYI. And then when my husband woke up to help me get everything set up, I said, maybe you can give her a call. It was probably about 630 at that point. Maybe you can give her a call and just let her know kind of where I'm at, how I'm feeling. Um, but although I was feeling very intense, I wasn't really necessarily acting like it. And, you know, they're looking for like a change in your voice and your attitude and the intensity and the inability to even talk through it and things like that. Um, and I didn't necessarily feel those things, but I just felt like it was com- getting closer, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, she ended up saying, well, call me back when she's a little bit, you know, things have changed a bit, like, you know, with all of that. So he said, okay, and hung up and just continued filling up the pool and doing all this. So really almost my entire labor, I'm just really laboring peacefully by myself on the couch, just really letting my body do its thing, going to the bathroom if I need to. And of course, as labor's progressing, I'm getting more of the bloody show and like everything is coming. I just, I'm like, I'm so ready. This is all here. Um, And at one point when my husband's like boiling water and trying to get the tub set up, I think he's in the kitchen at this point. I had gone to go to the restroom and then was slowly walking back out to the couch because the contractions were getting pretty close at that point. Um, and I think I started having a contraction like on my way back, but either way I kind of stopped. I'm just like, I started getting a little teary and I was like, Oh, this just hurts so bad. You know, like, uh, like just had like that little poor me moment. Like, Oh yeah. (laughs) It was just so, and then I, um, by the time I got to the couch though, I started giggling because I was like, what was that? Why was I just like kind of crying right there? Weird. And cause I was like, I didn't really feel like that. I just did it in that moment. And then I was like, Oh, I'm going through transition. I just, it clicked right then. And I was oh. like, Hey, call her up. Let her know I'm going through transition. This is it. Like I just knew. So oh. then he says, okay. So he calls her and says, she says that it's really intense and that you should come. And so, um, so she's like, okay, I'm on my way. And our daughter, thankfully still sleeping, which is amazing. Great. Um, so then it's like, that just continues, you know, he's working on the pool and I'm just working on the, getting through the contractions, just breathing through them and staying calm. And then our daughter wakes up, I think. So all this stuff starts happening all the same time, of course. So like seven maybe 7.45 or so, I think our daughter woke up and I said, and I knew based off of the couple days prior where if I got distracted, especially with like my daughter and I felt like I needed to help or do something in that way, um, my contractions would slow down and I was afraid that would happen. So I said, Hey, can you get her dressed and take her to daycare? Which thankfully is only like six minutes from our house at the time. So, you know, it's not a, you're going away for a long time. So got her dressed real quick. And then as he's finishing getting her dressed, the midwife and the nurse show up, which is perfect. And he had just finished the pool, filling it up. So I'm stripping down to get in the pool right around the eight o'clock marker. And he's getting ready to take her to daycare right at that time. And they're coming in and setting up at that time. So I get in the pool. He leaves to the daycare. They're settling. I'm like, oh my gosh, this water feels so good. The, the warm water. And I didn't know, like prior to giving birth, you know, I said to people, cause they would ask me, um, are you going to give birth in the pool or, you know, and I said, I'm not dead set on giving birth in water, but I'll try it out and we'll see how it goes. You know, that was just my mm-hmm. mindset. So, but when I got in there and saw how really what a relief it was and how relaxing it was just perfect. And then at that point I had turned Nora Jones radio onto the TV. So it was just nice and calm throughout the house, which was perfect. Um, of course it was morning. And so I'm my contractions stall, which my midwife had told me they definitely will because your body has gotten relaxed, but they're going to come right back. Trust me, just give it 15, 20 minutes and they'll be right back. I said, okay. She's like, enjoy your break. So yeah. I did. <laughs> I was just enjoying my break. I was like, wow, this is crazy. It was some crazy stuff. So I'm just sitting there in the pool, kind of leaned towards the front of the pool on my knees, 
with my arms at the top, um, telling her, hey, the coffee is in the cupboard. Um, you know, the cups are over here. Help yourself to obviously whatever. And she's like, don't worry about hosting me. Like, give birth. <laughs> and I yeah, was like, yeah. I, can't, I can't help myself. Like, I just want to make sure they're good. <laughs> and as I'm talking to her in the nurse who I'm so thankful for both of these ladies. They were just magnificent. Um, but my nurse who actually is a NICU nurse full-time mm-hmm. and does home birth, um, part-time. So I was, and we didn't know which nurse we would get, but we ended up of course getting her. And I was so thankful because that just gives you that extra peace of mind, which is great. Um, but as I'm on my knees and telling her where this stuff is and we're talking, I'm like, I just yell because it feels like a little arm just punched through me or something. Like it was just like this, you know, this very intense pop and it felt like maybe even a punch or something. It was just really intense. Um, of course my water had broken. So I figured that out right after it happened. I I yelled and I was like, ah, what's happening? Um, but, um, as soon as my water broke, you know, they're checking to make sure the water is clear and everything is good, which it was, which was great checking his heart rate and his heart rate was perfect. They said, everything is good to go. Well, when the water breaks, that's a whole game changer, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. big time, especially at that stage in, in labor, of course. So big game changer. I went from, you know, just calmly, just very, very cool cat breathing, calm, everything to, Hey, maybe you should call my husband, let him know who knows how soon the baby's going to be here. So hurry. So yeah. they did, they called him and he luckily was just a couple minutes away and he got there. And that's when he finally was able to just sit down with me. Um, so he did, he sat down behind me and, um, I know there's a lot of women and this is great. And when I hear birth stories like this, it really just, you know, touches my heart and makes me feel so good when they're like, Oh, the husband is rubbing my shoulders and he's really doing the all the different little things to help me and touching here and doing that. I can't have it. Like I can't have anybody touch me (laughs) at all. And so my husband knows that from the first time I gave birth with him. Um, so the, the midwife and the nurse kept saying, Oh yeah, rub her neck, hold her shoulders, do this, you know, just try to be helpful. And he's like, he, he's like, I know I shouldn't do it. And he kind of would try and I'm like, Girl. and he's like, no, 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 I can't touch her. I can't touch her. <laughs> and so I'm like, I want him there. Of course. Right. Like I want his presence and I want him to be there. And, um, and I feel that support absolutely, but I just cannot be touched in labor. It does not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he got home, he just sat there, um, with me and behind me. And then they were of course sitting there, the nurse and my midwife, um, and so that was 8.32, I believe, that my water had broken, and he was born at 10.51. So from 8.32 to 10.51, contractions were just really picking up um, in intensity. Uh, I was still able to really just lean back and breathe deep through it and um, just kind of be in my own zone. You know, at that point, there's there's no more talking. You just have your eyes closed, and you're just breathing deep. And that's how with my daughter and with the Pitocin, I really had to be really in my mind and really just keeping myself calm and breathing. And in this one, the same thing, um, it's just way less intense. (laughs) So that says something. Um, so with that, I went like that for a long time. And then, you know, there'd be times that I'd more towards the end that I started vocalizing, you know, (laughs) louder, Um, and they would always continue to tell me, don't scream your baby out, but you can roar your baby out. So, you know, just that lower tone, um, vocals. And so I would do that and always felt really, um, really good that way. And so I just continued doing this until about 1030, maybe 1040 or so, but probably 1030, 1035. I said, cause with my daughter, when I was about to have her, I, um, was sitting on a birthing ball with her laboring and I, at, you know, the end said, I need to push. I just needed like this really intense urge to push that like couldn't go away. Um, so with that, um, with my son, I did not feel that intense urge to push, but 
I did feel how low he was. So I just said to them, Hey, I think he's low enough that I could start pushing. I don't know. I just felt like he was low enough to start pushing. So I said, and of course they don't do checks unless they feel that they absolutely need to. Doesn't, in their opinion, doesn't add any benefit, doesn't progress you any quicker, sometimes can discourage you. So until then, because of course I've also read and heard that if you start pushing too early, that can really mess things up too and make you get swollen and tire you out too quickly and things like that. So I don't want to do that to myself either. Um, so when I told them that she said, okay, I said, but can you check me before I start pushing? She said, absolutely. So she went in there, checked and she said, yep, you're at like nine and three quarters and his head is right there. If you want to reach down and feel his head, you can. Um, and if we just do like probably one good push and I reach in and get the, I think, cervical lip, you know, over his head, then you should be good to go. So I said, absolutely. So I actually, you know, reached down and and felt his head. And that was like the craziest thing, you know, like, cause with my daughter, they said that to me too, but (sighs) I feel robbed. Let me, let me just say that with the Pitocin, you're just so consumed with how, cause all childbirth is intense. Some, well, I mean, some women have a very extremely calm birth, but for me, I guess, childbirth was intense both ways, but with the Pitocin, it was way overboard to the point where I really couldn't be at, you know, that calm, peaceful state that I wanted to be. And so when they said, hey, do you want to reach down and fill your daughter's head? I said, no, I just want to get her out. Mm-hmm. Um, but with him, I was like, yeah, I do. I, I really do. So I did. And I felt his head. And that was so cool. Um, and I absolutely wanted my husband to catch him as well. So get down there. We're ready. Let's start pushing. Um, and a lot of women um, tend to like, you know, stand up on their feet or be on their knees or hands and knees and all this. And that just feels most natural to them. But for me, even though I was in the pool, I don't know why, but the most comfortable position was still kind of like lean back and like almost like a hospital type, you know, giving birth situation. So that was interesting to me because I didn't know how I would choose to actually birth him. Um, but that was it. So he gets down there and I just start pushing and I'm a quick pusher. So I had him in 10 minutes after I started pushing. So I'm pushing, pushing, pushing. And they're like, he's right there. And then trying to explain to my husband, like support the perineum. And he's like, what is that? (laughs) So he's all like a little bit skeptical. And so of course the midwife is there too. And, um, he, his head comes out and then one more good push and, um, and the, the ring of fire and all that fun stuff. And then one more good push and he comes out and he just kind of, you know, they're both right there and have it, their hands there, but he kind of just starts floating to the top. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. She says, just, you know, just pick him up with his face down to make sure no water gets in. And, um, so we did that and put him on my chest and holy Toledo's like, I, I just couldn't believe I could believe that I had just done that, but just how peaceful it was and how natural and intuitive. And mm. I'm, I know I could have even done better than what I did, but I feel really, really um, proud of, you know, my ability to do it in the way that I did. And then also I'm just lucky to have the support that I did. And, you know, some people are the more the merrier when it comes to giving birth, they want all their kids and they want their whole family and they want all these. And I can't, I I'm such a private person. I wanted, I never wanted anybody more than like a doctor and a nurse and my husband. That's it. Even if, you know, my parents were in town, stuff like that, I wouldn't really necessarily want them in the room. Cause I just want to be able to focus on what I'm doing in my work. Um, so anyhow, puts them on my chest. Um, he had a lot of the, the waxy stuff. I forget. Oh, Vernix. Yes. Vernix. He had lots. My daughter had like none of it. And then he was coated in it. And so, um, but of course he's crying and he has his eyes wide open, just like looking around and he's like holding his head up, which I'm like, what is he doing? He was just born. Uh, so this is crazy. And then about maybe just a quick five minutes of being in the pool like that. And then Everybody just kind of helps me get out of the pool with the baby um, and go upstairs to our bed. Um, That's, of course, all ready to go and turn the fireplace on up there. 
and I'm able to just be in bed while I wait for the placenta, which ended up coming about another half an hour later. Um, and that's another piece. So when the placenta did come out, um, of course I had my son with me skin to skin the whole time. Um, but, and that was great. When the placenta did come out, I was able to really look at it and, and really, uh, you know, see what was helping to nourish my baby the, his preg- during his pregnancy. With my daughter, you know, being at the hospital, I'm sure there's lots of people that get to see their placentas in the hospital, but I didn't. It just got whisked mm-hmm. away, and it's just not something that they focus on is those right. little aspects. But I loved seeing it um, with him and just having it just right there and fully attached for the full hour um, after birth was amazing. The skin to skin and then husband skin to skin, having them just cut the umbilical cord right at the end of our bed and, um, just getting into my own shower and having them help me through that just right in my own bedroom. Like this was the most peaceful, beautiful experience. And I, the only thing I regret is not having given birth to my daughter in the same way. So best experience ever. Wow. Oh, yeah. Sarah, I love it. I love it. And you sent me some photos. So I had those pulled up on the screen as you were describing. And so I could see the scene and be there and just feel, you know, everything you were describing. And yeah, that's just so like all the oxytocin. <laughs> right. Right. Um, can you, to the best of your knowledge, because I know yeah. Keith isn't here, but yeah. any feedback he has shared with you since about witnessing you in that experience or, you know, being there when, when Liam came, just what were some of the things for him that were going on? Um, so he, if, if it's ever, you know, brought up in a group or with somebody, he, he's always quick to say, Oh my God, the best thing ever. And he's a super advocate. And you know, other guys usually are like, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Um, but he's like, it's so cool. And it was the best experience ever. And she did so much better. Well, of course I did better. I wasn't being forced into contract, you know, contracting. Like I had, that's the other thing with this too. And I had like a long, you know, three to four minute break in between each contraction with Pitocin. You don't have those kind of breaks. So I feel like, yes, I definitely did do better this, um, labor because my body was doing it in its own time. Um, but he was able to see that and just really truly appreciate it. And so he has nothing but good things to say about the whole process. Of course, the, um, our midnight, our midwife, who is Lauren Bleese, by the way, and then Jackie Diaz was our, um, nurse and they were just both so phenomenal. Um, but yeah, so very supportive, very excited. He said, you know, of course about when, when Liam was coming out, just the whole confusion of, you know, what is the perineum? How do I support that? And just, he kind of chuckles about how he just kind of floated to the top kind of a thing. And, um, but otherwise, you know, he's just absolutely smitten with being able to be right there and catch his own babies. And he is all about all of this. So some, some people cringe away, but he, he doesn't at all. So that's been our Keith. Not no. our Keith. <laughs> no, he so, was so supportive and um, everything that you would really be looking for. And he knew to not touch me, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. sounds terrible, but um, but his presence was really all I needed, honestly. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I think it's great that you mentioned that element because for some women who haven't gone through birth yet and might be listening, that that could come up. You know, you might want the physical touch. You might want the support in that way, Mm -hmm. whether it's counter pressure or massage, and it may be the last thing that you want. So just being aware that that's possible and Mm -hmm. having your partner or your birth team aware of that and on the same page. So whether that is through verbally expressing, but I know for some women, once you kind of get further into the birth process, it's it can be difficult to articulate yourself. So maybe it's Mm -hmm. a sign, maybe it's a signal or it could just be the growl and the glare, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, so that people are aware that that's possible. But I love that you brought that up and I'm so happy to hear about Keith's support of the process and the experience. Um, I'm curious about Aurora's homecoming to see baby brother. Oh my goodness. I was so worried because, you know, her being, she was only about one and a half at the time, you know, she's, such a baby. She's the baby. And she is such a mama's girl, you know, with Keith being military and having to be gone for deployments and trainings, it's, it's always me and her. Right. So 
a mommy's girl. So I'm very worried that she's going to want to just throw this little boy off the cliff or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here we are. Uh, So what we did was we let her be at daycare for, um, for a while. So I think it wasn't until like 3 PM that he went to pick her up. So I could just have some really good quiet rest time and get some food in me and everything. So anyhow, so he picks her up about three o'clock, brings her into the bedroom. And of course the whole pregnancy I'd been telling her, you know, this is your little brother in my belly and this is the little baby. And, um, you know, telling her all about him and just didn't really know if he was (laughs) being comprehended, but, um, then when she saw him, it was just love at first sight. She, went over and, you know, said she wanted to hold him right away. <laughs> she said, give me the baby. Um, it was like the cutest thing. She just knew right away it was her little baby, her little baby brother. So she wanted to hold him. She was kissing him. She was just kind of just being so gentle with her little hands and just was the sweetest, has been the sweetest. I mean, now at this point, he's nine months. He's crawling around. She thinks it's fair game. She might pounce on him a few times. <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny how that you know, changes a bit as they grow, obviously. But no, she's right. been really fantastic through it all and absolutely adores her little brother. Mm, that's yeah. amazing. I love that. So good. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, sharing part of your family with us. I am just so grateful. And, you know, there's there's so much from this, right? So there was a lot to unpack from the differences in your birthing experiences to what had you motivated uh, for what you wanted to experience in your home birth, the the elements of it itself, the team, the people who supported you, and then how you birth, kind of understanding what works for you. I think there's a lot that mamas can get out of this and partners as well. So I just am very appreciative to you for you know being a part of this space in the community. Well, what a pleasure to partake in something like this. Thank you for having me and choosing me. And if any part of my story inspires um, anybody to do this and to empower them to, to do it on their own. I believe anybody can do it. You know, when people make the comment, Oh, you're so strong or you're so brave to do this. I said, no, I'm just educated in what I'm doing and what my body is capable of. And that's all because I'm no more capable than any other woman, um, as far as uh, my ability to birth at home and let my body do it. You know, so that's the part that I always want to inspire other women. I'm not stronger than you are. You can do it too. Trust me. (laughs) You just have to mentally prepare. It's the mental part that people can't get past sometimes. So just hopefully somebody out there will hear that and just know that they can do it too. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, Sarah, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out datages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.